Greetings, glorious humans, gentle ladies, lad men, ladies, gentlemen, dreams, and dreamers alike, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast Podcast. Hi, I'm JM, and this... Uh, I'm Robbie. Is Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> You've been practicing that, I can tell. Uh, you know, you, you, you asked if it was uh, off the cuff last time, and I, and I have to admit that it's it's my the intro to the stream. I've been doing it for a while. Uh, and where is the stream, JM? Twitch.tv slash Devolver Digital. That's it. We're getting those plugs in there early now. Plug it. So um, hopefully some people are returning from last week, um, and hopefully we do a better podcast <laughs> than we did last week. <laughs> a lot of folks don't realize the half-hour podcast was the result of some vigorous editing of two hours of just unbridled horseshit. Yeah, there was a lot of nonsense, but that's fine, isn't it? That's what we're here for. That's, that's right, that's right. I think that's what the people really want. That's really. what the people want is nonsense. Yeah, exactly. So, what have you been up to? Well, um, I've been playing the new Final Fantasy. Lovely stuff. I've not got it yet. No. What, what do you make of it? It's, um, it's very pretty. Uh, I'm playing it in Japanese with subtitles. I'm playing sub, not dub. Okay. Um, it feels... I'm hmm? oh, sorry. No. Do you, do you understand Japanese at all? Uh, I mean, uh, not in any appreciable way. <laughs> okay. You know, like, you know, I, I pick up, I've picked up, like, now that, like, I know a couple phrases just from watching anime. Um, yeah. And stuff like that. And it's, it's just, I, I just find it a little, um, there's something a little more earnest uh, and believable about the dialogue when it's in Japanese for me. Sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, and like goofiness in it, I can be like, ah, it's like just, you know, a flaw in the nature of translation. Mm. I mean, that's, it's why you're playing it in Japanese, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like a lot of the motions of the characters are very, um, they're not motions that I think a lot of Westerners would use. But yeah. when a Japanese, like, and maybe it's just again, because I'm used to watching anime. Yeah. Um, and I'm just used to anime characters doing it. But like, just they're, they're a little more vigorous hand motions go along with the words better. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole package. Um but yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's very pretty, uh, and it's uh, it does have some aspects that remind me of the things I didn't like about Life is Strange. Oh, what, what um, brings to mind Life <clears throat> is Strange? I loved Life is Strange, by the way. There's a lot of busy work in Life is Strange. Right. <laughs> so I have heard this. I have heard this about a few people I know who have played Final Fantasy VII Remake have expressed... <laughs> similar similar things it's like it's 40 hours of gameplay but it's like in life is strange there's like they they would pad the shit out of those episodes yeah there's one where you have to like help your friend's mom put the groceries away yeah and you're not even it's not even like a clever puzzle you're just clicking and it's just it's just <laughs> it just consumes 15 minutes of your time so yeah, that the episode yeah, no, has the get, correct that's link get, that's getting into the character's head man it's like you're getting <laughs> you're really experiencing it oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's yeah when she when you get the gun and she like hides like six beer bottles around the junkyard it's like yeah. you have to shoot these exact bottles you never did, to you test never did that gun. when you were a teenager when you were a kid. did it all the yeah. time yeah in england <laughs> <laughs> how have you been up to robbie well well um i haven't been playing any games 
Um, but we, uh, I spent my weekend, I did a quiz. I, I've, I've jumped on the bandwagon of doing online social events with my friends. So I uh, organised um, an online quiz with my friends, which I hosted. Um, and it was good fun. We Is this a like a voice time. chat experience? Yeah, so we all jumped on Discord, um, and we had it, we had videos, so we were all hanging out together, and and I was the quiz master, and all of my friends were in teams, and they had to take part in the quiz. They were forced to take part in the mandatory fun that I had described <laughs> them, um, and it was yeah, it was really good fun. And now we're going to do it so that uh, we rotate. So. Um, next weekend, um, my other friends, they're going to be the quiz masters. Then the week after that, it'll be someone else. Yeah. Um, we have a little WhatsApp group so we can keep adding new people in and stuff. Ah. Organizing when to do things. So it's, it's actually really fun. I've realized that I like organized fun. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. That's all right. <laughs> Somebody's got to do the organizational process. Well, hey, you know, it's a lot like video games, right? It's like, you know, a video game is made in a certain way in order to be enjoyed for a finite amount of time. You know, that's that's the, the very, very poor analogy that I'm making in order to try and tie this somehow back into whatever the fuck we end up talking about today. Well shoehorned, Robbie. Well shoehorned. Hey, you know, once again, it's the marketing <laughs> genius. It's the marketing genius. We do have plans to talk about something today. Should I? Should we start talking about that? Yeah, let's do it. Well, so, hit me with it. I'll hit you with my best shot. Um, Please. So, we work for Devolver Digital. And no, get out of I here. know. I know. Work is a strong word. Um, <laughs> and Devolver Digital is a publisher of independent games. Correct. And a lot of folks have asked... Uh, on our Discord, or when we've done the streams, or they ask, you know, about pitches. A lot of mm-hmm. people just try to say, "Would you like to see my game right now?" Um, which I'll I'll spoiler that is not necessarily the best way to uh, pitch your game is to just kind of ambush somebody with it. Ah, oh, fuck! No, I know it's all wrong. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, it's I, I'm definitely not an expert or an oracle. We keep our oracles locked away. Um, so that yeah. you know because they're ours they're ours and <laughs> they are dangerous yeah such power yeah remember when nigel canceled video games earlier this year oh <laughs> just wait until Oops. next year <laughs> um, maybe, we should, maybe we should make him tweet something positive yeah despite us canceling video games this year we'd still like to let you know uh that when we reinstate video games uh these are some tips and tricks of the game that we've learned that might uh, help you get your game seen or heard or played uh, and get you paid. See that? Ooh, so another, nice. Another little, lovely, lovely Is that in your notes? Just off the top of my head. No, no. It's just marketing, Classy baby. That. It's just my marketing <laughs> brain just firing on all cylinders. So, uh... What was it about the pitching process that you kind of initially wanted to to take on with this conversation today? A lot of folks just don't even know what to do when they're pitching. A lot of independent developers, I guess I want to make the distinction, first of all, between independent and indie 
um, independent developers, and this is just personal jargon, but I stole mm-hmm. it from someone else. Uh, independent developers are small independent companies of developers but they're folks that have been through the industry they're folks that uh like dodge roll used to work from big companies sure. and stuff like that they've, they've they've gone out into the video game world they've done the grunt work um and then they said all right i want to do my own thing raycon mm-hmm. is another one like there's a lot of independence and then there's indie and indie is um it's just folks that that hobbyists who really love what they're doing and continue to take it to the next level. And, and I, I don't mean hobbyists in a dismissive way. No. Um, I mean, they're, they're folks that are, are doing it for the fun of it. They're mm-hmm. folks that are, and not to say that independents aren't doing it for the fun of it either, uh, but you know what I mean? They're, they're laymen in the video yeah. game world. You know, they may yeah. understand things, but they are not of the industry, the, yeah. the big industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of indie folks, um, because they're more art than business, minded uh yeah. don't know what these things are and i'm sure a lot of anyway so no, no, I, yeah you're right I, I think it's it's definitely <clears throat> important to make that distinction because they are you know they are two different things a lot of people don't realize we have worked with both um over yeah. the years we've worked with both types of people um and it's also important to note that you know games are not always necessarily created as quote unquote you know a commercial product a commercial enterprise you know like some people are like yep i love video games i want to make a really cool video game and i want everyone to play it and enjoy it because that's what i like to do and that's great um and you know they uh may look at different ways or different uh genres you know different design choices that will make those games appealing to people because that's what they want to do they want to sell video games to people but you know we also work with uh developers who we call them our art house projects right mm-hmm. so yeah um things like i mean this is an, a great example so something like gris fell into our lap and was signed really under the pretense of being one of our art house titles yeah you know, it was not necessarily earmarked you know to be oh this is going to sell you know five hundred thousand copies or whatever um but you know, the, the quality of that game yeah. um, shone through. And even though it was a, a kind of a, a smaller game or, um, yeah, art house, however you want to describe it, they just sold a million copies. We They just hit that yeah. milestone this weekend. They, they sold yeah. a million copies of that game. And, you know, we... We can't take credit for that, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. as much as we may, may want to. Um, so, yeah, it just goes to show that, like, um, yeah, making that distinction is really um, important. But uh, also, I think uh, being clear to people that uh, you should never find any of these labels limiting in any way. Yeah. You know, there's always a game will always <clears throat> find its audience unless it's really bad. <laughs> but uh, hey, I mean, even even the, even the bad games find their audience. I mean, that's that's what's exciting about independent video games on the whole is there's so much of it, and it is uh, as Mike always says, it's an independent art form that people will buy. Yeah, people like to buy video games. People sometimes just buy video games and never even play them, which is kind of sad. But like, it is something that people will try out. They'll give it a shot, uh, yeah. and. There's something about like a super weird movie that people don't want to participate in, but a super weird video game in the same way people are excited about. 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It it definitely speaks to people in a different way. Yeah. So are there any particular pictures that you have seen that really kind of stand out to you? I've seen a few, um, and I guess I, I just want to talk about really just the basic structure of it and what people should look to include to give themselves the best chance of getting picked up uh, by whoever they're pitching to. Cool. Um, and it's, it's like, I've got kind of, it, it's simplified down to three things. Two of them are, well, the first one is a pitch doc. Uh, what is a pitch doc, Jam? A pitch doc is a document uh, that gives a brief synopsis of the game and then kind of goes into the details of the game. So they talk about what, what you need to talk about in a pitch document is a clear concept of what you want to make, how you're going to make it, maybe how long you expect it to take, and what support you think you'll need along mm-hmm. the way and, you know, after it's done. Um, and really... I think a pitch document is, it, it's kind of, it should be pretty similar similar to a game design document. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if someone has a document where they say they've laid out what their game's going to be and what makes it special, a lot of that should transfer right over to the pitch document. What makes your game special? What yes. makes it inviting or interesting or intriguing or whatever it is that, that would make people, like, what what is it you want to make it? What is yes. it that you find exciting about it? So, um, I think this is actually a really good... <clears throat> time to and this is maybe something that people don't think about at this stage you know even when they're creating a pitch doc but this is actually a really good time for me to come and swing my big marketing dick in here because what you often find is that when people are creating a pitch doc looking to pitch their game they sort of forget to try and sell it yeah it can happen you know like uh at the end of the day, you know, the the ultimate goal is to get your game made and get it out there and get people playing it. And, you know, you have to believe in that. You have to believe in yourself, have the confidence um, to go out there and articulate really clearly, like you said, clearly state what your game is, why you're making it. These are all things that tie intrinsically into your marketing and your PR and things like that. So I think a lot of people, the reason why I bring it up now is because I think a lot of people tend to try and tack that stuff on at the end or yeah. think that it's a publisher's job to do those things. Mm. You know, we tend to re- refer to ourselves as a partner now rather than a publisher um, because it's a two-way street. You know, you kind of, you both you both have a lot to bring to the table. Uh, so it, I, I, I feel like part of this yeah, pitch document is it was a really good idea to try and think about your marketing at the same time and get used to doing that yourself because it's fundamentally PR and marketing is something that anybody can do. Anybody can do mm. my job. Like a monkey with a fucking iPhone can do my job. But it's all about you just have to um, put the work in, you know, mm. um, and and ask yourself a lot of questions before you do that. Do the um, put everything together and. I've always been impressed, and I'm sorry that I've completely <laughs> derailed your uh, your three your three pronged attack for this. But um, just very quickly, I'll just end here. But um, you know, some of the best uh, pitches, um, I, in my opinion, I think uh, have that sort of nous, that kind of uh, that marketing element to them already. You know, like somebody can already already has kind of a vision for how yeah. they how they want their game to be perceived, how they see people talking about it. Having all of that kind of, you know, rolled into what your game is and, and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to say 
is 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 good. It's a good basis for where you want to go. And I'm sorry for derailing you. Oh, ah, uh, that's all right. <laughs> so how about um, number two, JM? What's number two on your list? Of the of the things to include. Of the things to include. Oh, I was still going to talk more about the pitch stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really am derailing things, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I'm just going to shut up. You just, you just fucking go for it. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had what, how, and who following that. It's a very um, elementary school. Like, I've got three things, and then in each thing I've got three sub-things. Power of three is my friend. Um, it's a real thing. So what is it that makes the game special or worthwhile? Is it mm-hmm. the art, the mechanics, the narrative, the concept? Like, is it, is it about a multiplayer experience? Is it about a single-player experience? Like, what, what makes the game worthwhile, worth fun playing? Um, is it fun? That's important, too. Mm-hmm. Always check if your game is fun. Um, yeah, that's cardinal rule there. Yeah. If your game's not fun, maybe you're not fun. Maybe you should ask Oof. yourself if you're fun. Oof. Are you fun? We're fun. We can say that. <laughs> I'm not. Sh- I'm not saying we're capable of making a fun game. But <laughs> uh, next is how. How mm-hmm. uh, do you plan to accomplish your goals? How long do you estimate it'll take? Uh, and maybe what expense? How much expense do you expect that to be? And those are those questions are generally. Um, I think independents have a better time answering those questions because they have more experience. Mm-hmm. They know kind of what a workload, like they know how long it can take them to do something. Um, but for an indie, uh, I think that's also good to think about. To think about how long do you think it would take to make the game that you actually want to make? How long did it take you to make your vertical slice, which is the next thing that you really need to have? Uh, you know and and just get a good idea like what help do you like do you do you think you'll need other people to help you um and that leads to the third part oh which is who who's making the game who are you who are you working with what is your team how big is your team and what is your team's experience have you been making games since all of you were kids and this is just a group of fun game making folks that are like finally like hey this is the one we want to make like four attic that was four attic right that's four attic that's uh, Denaton. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there, I mean, Denaton is indie, so which one did n- they make? Um, they was made it, uh, was it Hound Dog? They made something. Miami? I can't remember what it was. I it sold remember. well. Did it? I don't remember. I think mm. so. Yeah. Ah, but, well, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Indie trash. Who's making the game, and and who might you need? Like, if if you're making the game, I we've had a few folks that that pitch a game, and it's got excellent mechanics, an intriguing concept, but they don't have an artist, so they're going to have to contract an artist out, and they know that in advance. They say, ah, we know we're going to need an artist, um, and just knowing what you're going to need is very helpful in your pitch document. Yes, I think uh, as well. Um, just as an addendum to that is. Uh, having uh, always make sure you include that kind of buffer zone you know to your mm. planning as well so it's like oh and just in case we need an extra six months like this is where we factor that in this is what we would do this is why you know in case certain things slip or blah blah yeah. blah yeah absolutely just making room for the organic process yeah Absolutely. And and also, I, I guess, folks that don't have a lot of experience, that don't really know how much things cost or how long things take, they're just kind of winging it, they're doing it more artistically. Mm-hmm. 
this is not like super essential information. These are just tips. These are just ideas. Um, so if you say, I don't have any fucking clue how much this is going to cost, that's fine. Maybe talk to other people and try to find out, but really honesty is important in that too. Like, yeah, honesty is the, is the, is the main thing. Don't bullshit people. I say this yeah. all the time to people. It's like, don't blow smoke up anyone's ass. Be realistic. Be honest. Um, yeah, and just don't fuck people around, you know. Well, and that kind of leads into something that I don't really know where to put in, but having friends and contacts and people you've worked with before, whether it's casually, like in game jams or something like that, or it's been on projects, is super important. Mm -hmm. um, we've met so many great developers through developers we've already worked with. Folks say, hey, we've got these friends, they're working on this project, come check it out. And then we check it out and it's like, holy shit, yes, we'll sign that. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's, it's, you don't bullshit people, don't be, don't be a dick, don't, don't burn bridges, just, you know, be decent. I mean, it's a good job we're nice guys because our work fucking sucks, so. <laughs> 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 Ooh, yeah, the hard. See, the only reason they let us do this podcast because they're like, "Oh, Jay and Robbie, they're okay. They make each other laugh. <laughs> they make each other laugh. <laughs> Put them in a digital box together. Yeah, exactly. That's all I had on the pitch document. Okay. Did you have anything more to add to the pitch document, Robbie? No, no, not really. I think um, you know that's fairly comprehensive. It's all very simple. This is the thing, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of a lot of everything uh, that you've addressed there is just just demystifying all of this yeah you know it's easy to forget sometimes that it's just we're all just people in a very very creative industry yes you know there's a lot of you know big triple a stuff going on mm -hmm. and you have your call of duty and your um call of duty um did i just say that twice that's <laughs> all right <laughs> they've been making the same fucking game i mean they're all the fucking same game right 20 fucking years um, Fucking same Jesus fucking call of Fortnite, theft auto, whatever the fuck. Anyway, like you have those, of course, like those are huge, huge, big corporate money making machines. Uh -huh. They're fun games, undeniably so, but you know, they're on a, they, they operate in, on a different plane to everything else. And it's easy yeah. um, to, to think as an outsider, particularly if you only really play those big console games, that it's just like, it's Hollywood, right? Yeah. But the barrier to entry is far, far lower than um, people realize. But yeah, that passion, that honesty, that's really what kind of gets your foot in the door, I would say. Or keeps you in the game when your foot keeps getting slammed indoors. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because your foot is bound to get slammed in some doors. Yeah, and that's important. Um, don't give up. You know, I've, I've some people you know, on the Discord, whatever, they're like, oh, Devolver, I want to work with Devolver. Devolver, oh, I pitched my game. I sent my email, why, you know, to, to, you know, Devolver's pitched, uh, you know, where, why, why, where, why, why aren't you picking me? Why haven't I done it? I need to make games. You know, it's like, you don't have to work with Devolver. We're a small company. We can only work with so many people. That we don't get to assign nearly as many games as we want to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's so many excellent games that we don't get to take because we have too many other games. Yeah, um, there's, there's, been, there's been, you know, successful games that we've missed out yeah. on as well. So uh, anybody that thinks, you know, like, we only specialize, <laughs> you know, in signing, like, the coolest, most awesome games. Yeah, that's true. We have the coolest and most awesome games. But... 
Um, we don't have all of the cool and awesome games. We don't. We have to let some other, you know, some other folks. We have to give them a chance, right? So yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. And and obviously, there's a lot of games that people can just self-publish. You can self-publish games. Absolutely. There's a there's a. I mean, it's pretty old now, but there's an old video of one of our founding members uh, called "You Don't Need a Fucking Publisher." Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a GDC, GDC talk. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, he talks about you can do it yourself yeah uh, and there's absolutely. challenges to that on their own absolutely you i think you'd still want some kind of pitch <laughs> so that you can pitch it to the uh, the platforms because then you're talking to the partners you're talking to steam you're talking to xbox you're talking to you know whoever you want your game wherever you want your game to be the distributors that's why i felt it was important to bring up that whole kind of marketing and pr angle so early as well because if if you ask if you are self-publishing yes you know still go through the process of putting together a pitch and bring your you know learn about marketing you can do it um i did it <laughs> you know and i'm a fucking idiot you could spend years working on something and then just and then you release it and kind of nobody cares and you feel shit about it because you just think like oh man i fucking worked so hard on that but like it seems like nobody cares and like really good games don't get seen sometimes and that's yeah. what really so yeah. you know we should do one of these about marketing sometime well, we're only 35 <laughs> minutes in. Well, I'm only halfway through pitches. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Because we haven't even gotten to the vertical slice. Hey, everybody. JM here. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of the Devolver Digital Forkcast. We hope that you're enjoying it, and we hope that it's elucidating in some way. Uh, this week we are brought to you by Special Reserve Games. Special Reserve Games makes all of the physical editions of Devolver Digital Games that come out. Uh, they do wonderful work. They recently released Hotline Miami Collection, the Hotline Miami Collection on the Nintendo Switch, and it is already sold the fuck out. If that's something you want, do not despair. We have an opportunity for you to win a copy. If you head over to the Devolver Digital Discord, we are doing a giveaway for folks who make Hotline Miami themed medical masks. We have the instructions from the CDC posted in our giveaway channel. Go there, read the instructions, make your own Hotline Miami theme it, post a picture in our promotional events channel, and then we'll be, we'll be accepting those submissions until May 1st, uh, and then from May 4th to the 8th, our Discord will be voting on the masks, and the top three masks will win a free physical edition of the Hotline Miami Collection on Nintendo Switch. So head on over there. Uh, I don't have a concise way to link you to the Devolver Digital Discord, but if you Google Devolver Digital Discord, I reckon you'll find it. Head on in there, um, make your mask, post a picture of your mask, and hopefully you'll win uh, that copy. And also, it's just a good idea to be making these masks. If you find you have a talent for it, there are plenty of places that you can donate your masks to, look up your, your local hospitals. Um, the masks you'll be making are probably not what would go to people on the front lines of dealing with COVID patients, but um, other people in the hospital who have a lower risk but still a higher risk of exposure um, so it's just a really good idea. It's nice. Also, you'll have a really cool hotline mask to wear when you go out shopping. I mean, how cool is that? Anyway, 
so head on over, check it out, give it a shot. We uh, we'd love to see you on our Discord. We're excited to see what kind of matches you make. And yeah, thanks. Back to the program. <laughs> so, Jay, don't. Okay, right. I clapped. I clapped to say that we were coming back from the break. It's and so JM good. is just fucking ruining it already. <laughs> JM, right, okay. Yes. We're going to start. Yes, now. Robbie. Yes, Robbie. <laughs> God damn it. So impressive. Yes, Robbie. Um, you were going to talk about <laughs> vertical slice. <laughs> it's not just about cake, Robbie. Ah, oh, fuck. Vertical slices. What are, are we even doing here? Uh, so, <laughs> the next part of your pitch should be your vertical slice. Uh, this is actually the easiest, I think, for me to talk about and the hardest for you to do. Because the vertical slice is the game. It is a demo of the game. It's a demo build that demonstrates <laughs> the core mechanics, and it needs to give an idea of what the whole game will be, and it needs to fucking work. The things that you promise in your pitch document or talk about in your pitch document that make the game exceptional or cool or unique need to show up in your vertical slice. Mm-hmm. It is so <laughs> disappointing to read a pitch document about a game that has some really cool shit. And I say, whoa, that's a cool mechanic. That's something I've not seen. How do they pull that off? And then I play the vertical slice and it's not fucking in there. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I've had a few experiences of um, a killer trailer, some cool GIFs, you know, or GIFs, whatever people say. Um, it's GIFs. Uh, it's it's GIFs. not, is it? People are going to kill me for that. It's, yeah, fuck them. Um, but yeah, I've... Uh, you know, been so, so excited about, um, you know, meeting certain people to play their game because, uh, you know, I've been waiting and waiting and I've been so excited by the, you know, everything that I've seen and, and, and they've told me about it so far. And then I've played their vertical slice and yeah, there's a disconnect. Yeah. It's, it's just the basic version of that game, you know, whatever genre it is, it's like, Oh, it's just a normal one of these. Like I've seen a million times and what's special isn't here. Yeah. If what's special about your game is the narrative, then there should be aspects of the narrative. It doesn't have to be a mechanical thing. It's just whatever makes your game special uh, needs to show up. It yeah. needs to be present. And that 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 should be obvious, right? It <laughs> it's it's not always because I think some people kind of get into the habit of um, wanting to talk to publishers or wanting to show people their game or they get excited about wanting to announce their game. And yeah. and it's not a game yet. <laughs> There's and that it, too. And it's sure. not. It's very rare that you can sell somebody on the promise of, you know, what what your final product is yeah. is going to look like, um, because you have to be able to prove that you can get there. You have to yeah. be able to prove that the idea that you have, the concept that you have, is is possible. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, it's easy to say I want to, you know, make a. a game where you are in a dungeon and everything is bullets and you can dodge roll and the dungeon is different every time but until you see that and i, I guess i'm thinking about you know dodge rolls vertical slice of enter the gungeon mm -hmm. was the first floor of the gungeon 
and it worked, and it was different every time, and it played really well, and there was a whole bunch of shit that was as yet to be overhauled. It's not a finished game, but the core ideas were there, like what they were trying to create was there, yeah, uh, and it worked. And then also, the, really, the core player mechanics. I think that's really important to have locked down. Really, I, I, I want to say, and this is, you know, I'm not a developer, but talking to experienced developers whom I respect, having your character's core mechanics fucking set and ready to go by the time you're even doing a vertical slice is important. Yeah. Like, the characters in Gungeon in the vertical slice played very similar like basically the way that they play in the final game mm-hmm. everything else changes but the real core mechanics worked yeah i remember um a, a really um obvious example of that to me was um not a hero mm. so not a hero um ultimately Final ended Roll up seven it, yep it ultimately ended up including lots of different characters the game kind of ended up being uh a little different in the end um to kind of how it started out but at the very very beginning it had that uh slide cover Mm, mm -hmm. 2.5 d you know kind of cover mechanic sliding into stuff um and that was that was it you know like it felt fucking great the second Mm -hmm. you played it and it was like oh i get this game like you know the art wasn't final there wasn't a story attached that you know it was really just like a little guy running around a building um getting shot at by guys and having to shoot guys that's all it was it was very yeah. very basic yeah um but that, well, and bunny lord was already there and bunny lord was already there yeah um but i mean that was it and but it just it you second you played it was like okay i get this this is mm-hmm. the mechanic this is what makes it cool these are the opportunities this gameplay affords me you know um in each level and it, it, it was fucking great. Like, I, I really like stuff like that. I like it when something just feels instant. Not every game is going to have that. But, sure. um, you know, in my experience, I, I, re- I, I really respond to stuff that kind of just straight out of the gate just kind of grabs you. Yeah. Um, well, and if your game is a longer, slower experience, then that should be represented in the vertical slice. Yeah, absolutely. It should always be an appetizer for the main course that is your game. It should always make us want more of what you've shown us. Yeah. Uh, No, importantly, it shouldn't over promise as well. And, and, you know, your, your entire, you know, design doc and your pitch and and everything. Don't, you may have, you know, grand hopes and dreams of, you know, including every possible feature under the sun and, you know, incredible 3d artwork and full orchestrated music and all of these types (laughs) of things. And it's just like, that's not feasible. Yeah, I, I I don't know about you know limiting ambition, but I definitely agree that it has to work in the in the slice. Yeah, ambition is fine, but you need to be realistic. See, the the artist in me doesn't want to agree to that. <laughs> uh, the artist in me doesn't want to agree to that. I have a lot of problems with scope. Yeah. Anytime I, mean, I you know, start a D and D campaign, I'm like, all right, well, all right, I've got the characters. All right, well, now I've got the town they're in, but what country is that in, and what's the world like? What's, <laughs> what's the solar system like? But that's good. But I, maybe what I mean is, um, it's it's good to prepare yourself um, for 
editing. Sure. And it's not necessarily it's not necessarily <clears throat> other people editing you. Um, you know, listen to other people's feedback and and listen to yourself and 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 learn when to self-edit. That's something I do. I think that we all sure, we all yeah. have to learn to do that, you know, in different ways. Um, and, but it's a very difficult thing um, because you, if you if you're in love with you, just said it's like the artist <laughs> in you doesn't want to kind of compromise in any way, and it's like a lot of people don't want to compromise. Yeah. That's that's why it's called compromise, <laughs> right? Because it's like one person wants one thing, one person wants another thing, so you have to find a compromise. Um, yeah, I think so. And and you know, you're you're hitting on something that I didn't mentioned but really when you're pitching your game people are going to have feedback and you listen you think it's important to digest that feedback and as the creator you know pick and choose what you like if someone if you're making a platformer and people's response is well platformers are done i don't care about platformers then fuck them but you know listen to like watch what people are enjoying about your game and what they're not and maybe you'll find that some simple throwaway mechanic that you thought was just cute is what people really actually enjoy most it's kind of like really listening and being open to again the organic process yeah you kind of need you need something of a, of a, of a thick skin as well which is you know it's not an easy thing to learn yeah. <laughs> you know kind of the only way you can learn to have a thick skin is by you know <laughs> people whipping well, you <laughs> well and some teams i mean this is this is what's great about indie teams you know groups of people like there's there's there will very often be i mean this is not absolute but there will very often be people who hang in the back and do a lot of the work of the game but don't go out and talk to people about the game because their job they're they're not talking about the game they don't talk they're not talkers they code or they draw or they compose and they don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about games and their art in the same way that someone else does yeah uh, that different team members do. So th- it's really nice, you know, to have a team and have someone who's able to go and talk about the game and able to, like, listen to these things and then bring it back and, like, the team can digest it together. Well, here comes my big old marketing dick to slap down on the table again because that's <laughs> something that we often ask people to identify in their team. You know, yeah. who's who's comfortable talking about this? Um, who's, you know, comfortable talking to a journalist or who's comfortable mm-hmm. appearing on a stream or answering questions and not everybody is and we will always give people help obviously but um i mean that's what i mean when we would do the twitch stages like if people didn't feel comfortable talking about their game i would go and talk about their game you would them. go and do it yeah you've uh, you've done that a lot and uh i've also um over my um years working in pr i um do a lot of media training with um, developers as well and, and really? spokespeople and stuff. Yeah, training people because it is where well, you, you hear, you always hear kind of like the, the negative side of that, right? Which is people uh, saying like, oh, I had an interview with such and such from the company, but it was all just like, you know, they just fucking spouted the, you know, the PR spiel. Yeah. You know, they didn't really feel engaged. They didn't, you know, answer my questions in a natural way. They were just kind of like using the buzzwords over and over again. Yeah. we've always steered away from that. Um, yeah. But we've always made quite a, a point of making sure that everybody understands that the developers are the people who are responsible for these games, right? Like mm-hmm. we help them, we help market them, we help promote them, um, we help get them made, but we are not the creative driving force um, yeah. behind these projects. So we're possible as far as people are comfortable 
we want the developers to be visible to talk about it and take credit for it because they deserve that um yeah. and uh some people just need help with how to talk to journalists and a lot of it can be a lot of media training is really just literally just sitting with them and asking them questions that a journalist might ask them you know and helping them uh just not stumble over themselves or you know just uh just help them um kind of be just be a bit more prepared so that they're not going to something blind because i think yeah. that's another big thing that we pride ourselves on and 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 we offer as a partner and a publisher is you know we never want to put anybody in a position where they feel exposed or mm. you know um yeah or anything like that so while we want people to to get in front of media and stuff um only if they're comfortable with it um and we will give and we will give them as much help as they need to feel comfortable ah uh, well i have one last thing for uh for pitches yep Let's hear uh, it. and that is more important right now uh than it has been in the past but it's always been important oh another thing about the vertical slices if your game is obtuse to play include some type of written tutorial uh explain to people how to play it but optimally it should be you know in the game but you know, sending a document alongside that says, hey, here's the game, here's how you play it is helpful. But along those lines, uh, especially right now that we're none of us meeting in person, um, a recorded playthrough, uh, a video demo where someone from the team uh, that feels comfortable talking about the game uh, plays through the vertical slice or maybe a more advanced version of the game, whatever, and talks about what there is, what there will be, what the expectations are, and demonstrates how it should work. Yeah. Um, I thought um, Sabotage did that really nicely with their... Um, their Kickstarter campaign. Sea, just of, sea of Stars. Sea of Stars. Yeah. yeah. So that was, you know, if you want a good example, um, I mean, they're an amazing studio, obviously. They are. Um, but, uh, yeah, see what those guys did with their, with their Kickstarter videos. Really, really nicely done. I mean, a high yeah. level of polish, um, obviously, but yeah, yeah. content-wise, it was it was really really informative. And also, an excellent example of a vertical slice. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's the whole the whole package, and and yeah. what was really nice is that it was all kind of included in that one video, and mm -hmm. um, it's one thing I want to bring up is that it's important to remember that um, we I mentioned it earlier, but we're all just human beings in this industry <laughs> nobody is a machine and you yeah. know a lot of the time we don't have a lot of time on our hands um yeah. and the kind of you know the easier and more succinctly you can articulate what it is that you have and what it is that you want um is 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 good is helpful um again yeah. this you know could you know roll into um, marketing and, and doing the PR for your game it's you know everybody you have to consider the fact that there's a reason why they call them elevator pitches right having something that just quickly clearly um, articulates what it is that you're doing is you know it's really great I've actually got a yeah. couple of nice examples here um, see if you can guess what these are JM so this is a great All this right. is a great idea right? <laughs> doing quizzes um, I've only got two and they're fairly obvious <laughs> alright but these are these are real um, uh you know kind of uh capsule pitches from developers that we worked with so the first one 
is uh, Tinder for monarchs. Oh, that's Reigns. That's Reigns, exactly. That's great, right? Because it yeah. gives you an idea of the mechanic <laughs> straight away. Yeah. So what's Tinder? It's swiping. Uh, and it gives you an idea of uh, who you're playing and mm-hmm. you know what your role is in the game and how you'll be interacting with it. It's Tinder yeah. for monarchs. Super yeah. simple, really, really clever. Um, I also like that includes the inspiration for the game, which is the Tinder mechanic. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't compare itself to anything else. It doesn't compare itself to any other games. Um, it doesn't say it's the next yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. You know, it's the new Dark Souls is the fucking most yeah. tired pitch of all time. Don't ever fucking <laughs> say that to anybody. That's the one-liner. Yeah, exactly. The, for a little one-liner. That's the hook. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, it, it, it gets your interest. Yeah. Um, and the second one is a grand adventure, 60 seconds at a time. Minute. Minute. It's literally right there. It's all there. It's a grand yeah. adventure, 60 seconds at a time. Like, yeah. that. that's more ambiguous uh, than Tinder for Monarchs in terms of, you know, what the game looks like, how it's intended to be played. Um, but it's uh, already, it's an interesting conceit. Yeah. Um, and... And you want to know more straight away. It's like, well, how is it a grand adventure if it's only 60 seconds at a time? Why is it only 60 seconds at a time? And then these are all the things that are answered by the pitch deck, by the vertical slice, um, by the developers being able to talk about it. Um, So I just wanted to bring those up because I think those are really cool examples. Um, And uh, again, good examples of, you know, these are both smaller games. Um, You know, uh, the team behind Reigns initially... uh, Francois uh, had... I don't believe he'd made a game before. Really? He's very technically minded. Like, he knows his shit. I think he built yeah. robots and shit. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Kitty and JW and the rest of the guys who made Minute, mm-hmm. um, they had a lot of experience um, yeah. on their side at different levels. Kitty had done a lot of AAA production. JW, had done a lot with uh, Vlambeer. Um, so yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I like those approaches. JW's going to get mad if you don't say everybody who was on it. So it was, it was JW, Kitty, Jukio Kalio, and Dominique Johan. Yes. I may have said their names wrong, but he, I've gotten in trouble for not saying everybody's name. Before. No, you're correct. I'm glad you're here because I wouldn't have remembered everybody. <laughs> I'm so bad at that. I, I looked it up. <laughs> a good examples as well of of uh, a lot of kind of people from different places coming together to collaborate on an idea as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, I, the most important thing is making games, knowing how to make games, practicing yeah. making games, making games with friends, doing games in game jams, like actually making a game. It's weird yeah. how many people want to pitch a game that isn't like that is just an idea. <laughs> Yeah, how about <laughs> just fucking? Why don't these people listening to this podcast just get out there? Stop listening to this podcast. Get out there and fucking make some games. Make some games, and we'll we'll play them. Maybe. Maybe. Not a guarantee. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm JM. I'm Robbie. And this has been the Devolver Digital Forkcast. You can find us at forkcast.devolverdigital.com. That's, that's F-O-R-K. Oh, I just kept going. Sorry. That's F-O-R-K. Stealing my bits now. F-O-R-K 
C-A-S-T dot devolverdigital.com. Robbie is on the Instagram. Wholly responsible for all of the dreadful content that you see on Instagram. Yeah. Um, that is at Devolver Digital. And Robbie, I think we need a hashtag for Twitter. And I think it should just be hashtag Forkcast. Yeah. And I looked it up. And it was some kind of, like, food ordering app, but nobody's used it in three years. So I think we're clear. Wow. Yeah, hashtag Forkcast. Okay, so let's, if people want to get involved, ask us questions, um, if they have any ideas for things that you'd like us to talk about on future shows, hashtag Forkcast. Forkcast. <laughs> I will get that eventually. <laughs> forkcast. Or you can email us, forkcast at devolverdigital.com. That's F-O-R-K-C-A-S-T at D-E-V-O-L-V-E-R-D-I-G-I-T-A-L dot C-O-M. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> and you can now, thanks to the wonderful Vieco who also created our website, Whee! you will now be able to subscribe to the Forkcast on iTunes, on Google android a whatever bunch the of fuck. them he did them all he did all of them he did them all spotify stitcher yeah we're on all of, we're on all of those now yeah so you can subscribe and you can get us pod hub we'll be, we'll be coming in your ears every week every thursday <laughs> should we should we say that's the end <laughs> Oh.